Daniel. What's up? We're done with Caliban's War. Correct. Not to be confused uh, with Leviathan Wakes. <laughs> oh, wow. That was quite a book. Imagine how it's going to be when we get to Avedon's Gate and I have three names I'm mixing up. <laughs> Cal Caliviathan's Gate. There you go. Okay. Caliviathan's so, Gate. So welcome to the Sad Boys Book Club. My name's Dusty. And I'm Daniel. I want to get this out of the way immediately. Uh, spoilers for the the last page of the book. I really just want to get this out of the way immediately. Holy fucking shit, Miller is back. Miller is back, folks. We are on Miller Watch. It's Miller time. This ain't Miller Light. This is the full moxie. For, yes, you're getting full fat. All uh, the calories. Miller. All the calories with some extra blue stuff in there too and you know what when i read that i did the hops <laughs> this is funny because i don't drink beer no i it's it's um it's this is this is the the attempt of two guys who do, don't drink alcohol attempting to do a uh how do you do fellow kids how do you do fellow alcoholics uh i just okay so um i gotta i gotta kind of pull the curtain back a little here and I, I gotta admit something to you and I've been waiting a month to tell you this mm. so I made a mistake what'd you do? so as I do because I, as I've mentioned in the past I use this app called Bookly to, to like track my stats with my reading and all that fun stuff um, but yeah. so what I do when I start a book and I also do this I, I did this before I started using Bookly. I did this when I... Um, and I, I still use this. I have an Excel spreadsheet. I think I showed you back when I made it back in 2021 uh, mm -hmm. that I use to keep track of the books that I read every year. Yeah. I, I'll have, like, information like the genre, the author, if it's in a series, how many pages are in it, the day I started it, the day I finished it, um, and my rating for it. You know, just, uh, mm -hmm. just you know, fun information for me. Um, so, yeah... Uh, the, the first thing I'll do when I'm about to start a book is I'll crack open the back of it and see what number the last page is so I can uh, I can I can put in I can put in the uh, the number of pages. No. And my <laughs> eyes no my eyes just got locked onto We gotta talk, Detective Miller said, and I was like No Oh That's so sad, that's such a cool reveal. And it got spoiled. It did. It's my fault. I did it to myself. Well, the thing is, at least there's not a lot of preamble to it or like uh, lead up. So it's not like you 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 like ruined a subplot or anything. But it is nevertheless a very cool and interesting reveal. Yeah, and you know what makes this even funnier too is um, I was talking to my brother the other day, and he watched the show. He watched the first mm -hmm. three. He watched the first three seasons of the show, and uh, um, he uh, we were talking about it. And uh, Thomas Jane plays Miller in the show, and mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, man, I can't believe that Tom Jane plays Miller. That's just that's just great casting, in my opinion. And my brother was like, yeah, he's so great in the first three seasons, and each season oh. each season is a book. And he's he, thankfully he's only watched the first three seasons. So so I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm pretty confident Miller's gonna be in Abaddon's Gate. By the way, 
going off of the, oh, the yeah. final page of, of Caliban's War, I'm pretty confident he's going to be in Abaddon's Gate, at least a little bit. Yeah, Abaddon's Gate's probably going to pick up pretty much like, whoa, you're back, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, he's only seen the first, uh, the first, um, three seasons. So, what's mm-hmm. basically the first three books. And I, he, he, Why'd he stop? Uh, I, I don't know. But, like, yeah, so he just says that to me. I'm like, man, you're so lucky I accidentally spoiled the, the last page of, of Caliban's War for myself. Because I'd be so pissed at you right now if you just said that to me. And I didn't know <laughs> that Miller came back. Yeah, that was... <laughs> that would have been... That would have been uh, uh, an even worse way to get spoiled. Yeah. So I, I had the to... Thing I, is... I had to play dumb the entire time we've been recording here. And just not hint at the fact that he's coming back. Despite the fact that I have made it perfectly clear throughout the entirety of Leviathan Wakes. And when it's come up during us talking about Caliban's War. That he's my favorite character. You definitely made that clear. I one thing that I think is um, to your favor here is that, like I said, there was not any like subplots or really many. Um, there are mentions of him, but only in so far as how he may have influenced Holden, but not any directly related to him subplots. So it was it was a, a true like cold splash of water, no context. So. Fortunately, you didn't have to dance around anything like that. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, I'm bummed that I was spoiled to it, but it's not the, the it's not the worst thing ever because all it spoils is the setup for book three and not, mm-hmm. not like anything about book two itself. So I can kind of live with it. It's whatever. I'm bummed, but it's, you know, it happens. Um, but oh my freaking goodness, Daniel. I'm so excited for, for Abaddon's Gate. My God. <laughs> You know what? You, you want to hear something? Huh? Let's lock it in. Let's do Abaddon's Gate. Are you serious? I'm serious. Lock it in. Ooh, I mean, we're not doing it next. I mean, I can. No, I, I no, tell you no. That right we, now. We we have we have something planned. Um, that I am actually really really excited for. Um, uh, I was about to say, Daniel, but, I went and bought the book today. I'm not changing it to Abaddon. I don't own Abaddon's Gate yet, but I own the book no, that no, you told I'm, me we're doing next month, or I guess technically this month. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we we uh, we skip right to it. I'm just saying lock it in. We're doing Abaddon's Gate. Oh man, Caliban's War was so good. It was good. Um, I will. I guess we'll. I'll give some opening thoughts. I'll use this to transition into some opening thoughts here. So, longtime listeners will first time callers. Uh, <laughs> longtime listeners and and first time callers will will remember. I was not the biggest fan of Leviathan Wake. Leviathan's Wake. Um, Leviathan Wakes. There we go. See, I it's so I. I but but I'm I, I wasn't. It, it, I wasn't an unfan of it, but it was just like there was a lot of it that I just didn't hit with me, and I was just kind of left with a generally positive but fairly lukewarm uh, sense walking away from it. Like I could have, I could have walked away and just been like, eh, I'm good, you know. Like that's that's a good enough ending for me, um, but unfortunately, you're but, friends with me. <laughs> well, I would say fortunately in this case because I quite enjoyed Caliban's War. Um, I, I there this is not so very. I think generally speaking, they did improve on a lot of their 
the the writing things there's not as much um how much there there's not quite as literary as i was as i would hope but nevertheless the story is i i would i would say is better um than leviathan wakes there's the the writing generally speaking the character writing it was better um there was a few like awkward um what we would later come to call uh whedonisms or marvel quips kind of moments but i can i can almost forgive that because it was it was contemporaneous with how that when that was forming so i i can't come down too hard on it um it was very good it was very very good the plot was was like really cooking the characters uh this time around i i'm i've moved from strong anti-holden to holden neutral um maybe slight like you just you obviously um, you officer rollid yes i officer rollid <laughs> that i her her arc with holden was essentially the same as mine <laughs> yeah um She's, I, I like the, the new best characters, new character, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The the, the my, my one semi critique is I feel like they didn't do as much with Bobby as they could have. Um, I came away from this book, um, despite its length, feeling like I don't really know that much about her, um, despite being a point of view character. Um, uh, the, the basically what what. Um, the the combined unit that formed James, that forms James S A Corey, uh, all that he really they really communicated was um, she's she's big, she's a serious soldier, but she can like joke around a little bit, and she is very attractive. That's basically all that that I got out of uh, out of their uh, description of her. So I'm a little disappointed in that. But nevertheless, she had some some uh, interesting, fun moments. She had some of the best action sequences. Um, I don't know, no, nothing really negative. But I just wish there was more there. Um, the Holden, like I said, came around on him a lot. Uh, Avasarala, very interesting character, um, gave a lot of um, life and a lot of vibrancy to the uh, the politics, which can be a tricky thing for writers to nail i mean politics are like the the politics stuff is interesting to me and to us this is a very pro uh uh in world politics uh podcast but nevertheless um some writers don't quite stick the landing there and it can come off as like um elder you know the the council talking in room scenes that that just don't really land um the character of officerala especially she has a lot of uh vibrancy she has a lot of uh, like, like uh, real spunk, you know, and she's she's uh, she's a lot of fun to watch her kind of oh, game the system. So, lots of points there, um, and I think that that does. Oh, oh, uh, Prax, Prax, uh, our other point of view character, kind of a non-entity too, um, if I'm going to be honest. Like, but not not not. The thing is, if I feel I almost am more forgiving towards that because it feels like he was not necessarily meant to be like. I don't know how quite to put this, but he's a conduit that like he drives was, the plot forward more than a character. 
Yes, I think that's a very good way to put it. He was almost a plot device more than he was an actual character. But that is unfortunate when he is the point of view character in some sequences. So yeah, this is come. This is starting to sound more negative than I mean it. I I, I came came away from the book very excited. Like I said, I'm locking in uh, Abaddon's gate. Um, but those are just a couple things that just to just to cross them off at the top. And we'll, we I'm sure as we get to go through the rest, we will continue to, to sing the praises of this book because it really is a very good book. Just wanted to point out a couple things that I. Uh, i was thinking about uh as we as we as we wrapped up yeah is there anything else that you want to say um kind of I, I guess i'll go more into this when we give final thoughts but um i feel like this book objectively is better than leviathan wakes but i i will say when i finished it i found myself like i didn't mean it didn't hit me quite as hard as leviathan wakes did and i don't think it's necessarily the fault of the book i think what it is is that because leviathan wakes was the first one it was my introduction to the world and these characters everything was so exciting and so new so everything was kind of magnified because of that whereas with this one while it's technically better i feel i'm kind of i'm already established in this world in this universe with these characters so like that kind of that shiny new car smell is kind of gone if that makes sense might the I cars, posit uh, another reason? The car is, is is better than ever, but it doesn't smell new anymore. So <laughs> it's like it's like that dopamine hit, I guess, is a little diminished. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, does that make sense? Kind of how like what I'm getting at. I kind of understand what you're saying, um, but generally for me, better is always better. Uh, but I can understand the the novelty factor. But could I posit another reason why it maybe didn't hit as well as hard for you? Command, uh, De- Commander Miller, uh, Detective Miller. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I was going to say that's part of it too. Your favorite character is was was not in this book, um, so I mean, while, while the the rest of the book was you know really good, you were kind of missing that that uh, that initial hook, that initial flavor that like got you on board. Yeah, that might be part of it too. Um, but I mean, like, I'll just go and I'll, I'll reiterate this again later, but like. We're talking the difference of, I gave Leviathan Wakes a 10 out of 10. For me, I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. That's that's really what the difference is. That, like, that, Jumping right to the rating. Yeah, I guess I'll go more into it later. But um, just to kind of like give you, give you a, a more visual idea of what I mean for like how this book feels to me. Despite it being, like I said, the better book of the two. Yeah. I wonder... This is This is like... We're talking years down the road kind of thing here. If you were, to, you know, you you let's say you read through the series, you do you read all the side content, the short stories and all whatnot, and you you go to reread this in five ten years. I wonder what your thoughts on Leviathan Wakes is going to be. Is it still going to hit the same? Are you, I'm sure you're still going to enjoy it, of course, but is it still going to be like that that ten? Does this become the, the the ten, and that become the nine? I don't know. I'd be that'd be you know long term. I wonder uh, if if they would not switch places. I mean, hell, it might like down the line, like like you know, in, in a month or a week or something. I might be like, you know, actually, I I do think that Leviathan Wakes would be the nine, and Caliban's War would be the ten in this situation. But it's just you know, as as it stands right now, it's it's you know. 
it's it's by no means a discredit to to either book because it's just you know you always remember your first you know of course uh but yeah this man I, I i'm already i'm already feeling a little bit of book hangover for this one yeah yeah i i almost i i, I don't want to uh I, I know we're trying to get into the the cover cover you know, covering the book itself but i just i there is a strong part of me that wants to just jump right into abaddon's gate because it was just such a such a good um experience here but um i don't know i i'm i'm very excited about what we have uh coming up next month but i'll, I'll be honest man, it, if, if you didn't if you didn't lock it in there i was honestly considering buying a copy soon and just reading it on my own <laughs> and just being like sorry dude i gotta read it <laughs> but if you're locking it well, in I'll, I'll i'll wait i waited a year for caliban's war i can wait however long it's going to be between us uh reading this and abaddon's gate We'll, we'll see it doesn't necessarily have to be here it might but we'll we'll just we'll let, let's look at what we've got uh coming up and uh maybe we can work it in yeah all right with that uh are you ready to want to go and in, get into it yeah so i want to kind of move really quickly through this um because i feel like oddly enough I feel like I can say not a huge amount happens in this final quarter here. So, um, we ended off the last time with, um, uh, Avasarala, for lack of a better term, confronting Ehrenreich over, uh, the protomolecule soldiers, and then her learning that the destroyers are now heading right back toward, uh, the Rosinante to destroy them despite her being on the ship and um you know i couldn't help throughout a lot of this final quarter thinking about what you were talking about last time with everything being wrapped up too quickly and too neatly i kind mm -hmm. of I'm, I'm i've i've honestly been waiting for you to say the same thing for this entire quarter well there there is some aspect of it but the thing is it's just you know when you're when you're kind of at the end at the finish line you know it's it's not necessarily more understandable but it's just one of those situations where it's kind of like it's inevitable you know yeah whereas with the other things it's like i you know if you would have if they would have introduced them at a different time or you know under certainly certain different circumstances or just just gave them more breathing room um then I think those they would have those plot points would have popped a little more. Um, the thing is, at this point, there's no we we ran out of time, so you know it's it's a little bit more, and especially when you're when you're writing or reading or anything like the 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 last the last quarter of the book, the last few episodes of the season, the last few levels of the game. You know, there's 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 a heightened pace that is. Uh, expected and accommodated for just just based on like cultural expectation so it doesn't really register quite as much yeah i just i found it interesting that like basically every single problem every single challenge that was set in front of them in this in this final quarter was solved either in the chapter that it was established or in the following chapter and like I don't mind because like you said you know we're, we're wrapping up here it's it's kind of closing off we we know 
who the players are, we know where the pieces are, and we know kind of what the goal is. And now it's like we're just kind of getting the, the last couple of obstacles between the crew and that goal, which that goal being May. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting just kind of like the last the last ditch obstacles that, that are um, being placed in front of them in order to get to May. So, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like it's like, you know, they get to... They get to Io and 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 uh, Wind's feet, fleet is just sitting out in front of there, and you're like, wait a minute, why is his fleet sitting there? That doesn't make sense. This wasn't established. It's not anything like that. It's like, okay, yeah, so this is what's happening now. Um, mm-hmm. So like, it's just you know, I was reading it. I'm just I just couldn't help but think to myself like, yeah, this is this is very much a kind of set him up, knock him down kind of finale we got going on here, because. Um, even starting with the uh, the um, the ships coming to dis- coming back to destroy the Rosinante, like the very next chapter, the the first chapter we read this week, it was basically yeah. So these ships are coming. Uh, what are we gonna do? Oh well, Bobby's like oh well. Hey, there are six Mars ships following the UN ships. Why don't we ask them for help? And Officer All is like. I mean, will that work? And she's like, well, it can't hurt to try. So they ask, and they say yes. So the Mars ships help them out, and then they all just fight. And then the Mars ships, they and the Rosinante win. They win the battle, so that's problem solved. And it's like, it, it, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying this like to complain or like say anything's bad. It's just that's, that's just, that's what happens. Well... I, I, I don't want to I, I hope we're not reversing our positions here but I will say in the, in that instance it's a little bit more acceptable because you at least in my opinion you don't want to like have a like space ship chase go on forever and ever in a book I think that would be if it was not if it was not something that was like well handled could just be like okay yeah, yeah. It, you you would lose your sense of stakes if it like takes forever to resolve. Um, so I can kind of understand and appreciate like, and they had to squeeze in a space battle. Um, so I, I I can kind of appreciate how they how they they wrapped that up. Yeah. But I, other things I, I tend to agree uh, still. But uh, you know I I, I just it, on that one it, it it makes sense to me more or less how they handled it. No, like yeah, I, I get it. I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing by any by any means here. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, and then this happened, and so then now this this happened to do it. It, it just it's just going back to what I said with um, how uh, how they just kind of set up the next issue and then solve it within the next chapter. And once again, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just that's just kind of the pacing of this final this final section here. That's really all I'm yeah. saying is that that's the pacing. So they get that figured out. You know, them and Mars team up. They're able to take out the UN ships, at least enough to get them to surrender. And so then now them and the Mars destroyers, the Doniger-class destroyers, are heading to Io. So they get to Io. And now Wynn and his fleet are there. So yeah, Officer Rolla at this point has contacted the Sergeant General um, and given him the rundown and said basically, hey, either, you know, choose the right side of history or deal with the consequences of basically destroying humanity and he has politically sided with her which means that Aaron Wright is out and uh 
Now, she has some help in the form of uh, some of the... Uh, some UN fleet coming to meet them as well. So by the time they make it to um, uh, Io, there is a bit of the uh, the UN fleet there with them as well. So with that taken care of, uh, now it's like this weird kind of standoff where it's the UN, Mars, and the Rosinante facing down against what is now, because it is um, politically um, dangerous to side with uh, Win and is now considered a rogue faction of the UN on IO. And so we, we have this, this standoff where it's like, they're gonna, are they going to fight? Is this going to be this big battle where it's like um, friend or friend, friend and foe kind of like intermingling and this whole mess of like what's what's gonna be who's gonna be shooting at who how's this gonna go it basically just turns into a uh, a lot of just kind of scrambling around as loyalties just kind of keep jumping back and forth until it is made perfectly clear that hey uh you're either with avasarala and it, it's it's souther who is the the guy that's leading the um the un with with avasarala her friend souther uh mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's either you're with him or you're now a rogue element of the UN. So all but uh, Wynn's uh, ship, the uh, the Agatha, Ag Agatha King, has betrayed him, for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, well, that, but... that, was, that was an interesting sequence. Like, it was very, very well realized. Like, the idea of, like, you could basically hear, like, the confused con chatter of, like, uh, you know, trying to figure out who has authority here and, you know... It was it was really really kind of interesting. Um, yeah. We don't have to like get into the like like all of that, but I just want to just highlight for any uh, people that haven't read it or or I don't know people that want to read it. It's it, that it's a really fun sequence. Yeah, and it's all done basically through um, like the imagery of it is through like IFF indicators on their radar system, mm -hmm. and then like changing color based on their allegiance. So just you know, a fun little visual thing to go along with it, um, but yeah, it's that that problem is almost immediately solved because you know the UN's basically just like, hey, are you still part of the UN or are you betraying the largest military body in the universe? And people are like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. we're still, we're still, we're still the good guys here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that that, fuck that dude. Um, so he's just kind of left on his own. But then they uh what he does in response is he launches like what 20 or like a couple dozen uh proto molecule soldiers in orbit at mars like well in the direction of mars think like when when aerostation was like careening towards earth at the end of leviathan wakes same kind of concept mm -hmm. but instead of it being an entire space station it's just proto molecule dudes just kind of rocking through guys. space and like I, I I love the the great irony in this situation of one of them hits the Agatha King and goes right into the ship because these guys can punch through ships apparently. And I, I just love the irony of he I imagine he was just like fire them all, go attack Mars. They they they'll 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 see what it means to cross me. And then suddenly one of them just slams into his ship, and that's the only ship that gets hit with one. <laughs> what a great little irony that was. Yes. 
So his ship is basically basically Aero Station 2.0. There's no saving it. That's the, that's it. You know, the best they can do is quarantine it. But nobody's getting off that ship alive, basically, because they're going to be infected. Um, however, yeah, I will I will just throw out here. Um, I kind of want to derail us, but the 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 infection progresses way faster than Aero Station. Yeah, and yeah. I I think that that uh, that's something that we should probably. Uh, note and probably see how that that goes like moving forward into the series but it's just like it's it's you you see that there is the true um evolution and weaponization of the proto molecule uh during the agatha christie portion agatha king or the agatha king agatha king yeah i, I can imagine um, it's a book podcast yeah yeah <laughs> i used to imagine inspector what's his name inspector perot <laughs> yes he's just like oh, oh. Bro. Yeah, oh, oh, this protomolecule is very bad. <laughs> Who stole the protomolecule? <laughs> I will solve this mystery. Someone on this ship has stolen the protomolecule. Someone needs to get Kenneth Branagh on this immediately. He'd probably do it. He, he, this, the guy, lo- that's his, like, favorite thing to do is make Poirot movies. And, and the man, the man will ne- has never turned down a paycheck. Yeah, he well. was he was Arliss Loveless in Wild Wild West. And you know what? That's a great movie. I'll fight anyone, including Will Smith, who says otherwise. <laughs> but anyways, um, so now that threat's basically taken care of. So now it's the question of we got we to gotta go down onto Io, go into their lab, and get May if she's still alive. Um, but we have a bit of a um, – they, they break the first rule of D&D, and they split the party again. They, they really like doing this uh holden's like hey so so all the protomolecule soldiers that they launched towards mars um they have transponders on them but but wind turned them off so someone has to go on to the agatha king and get the transponder turned back on so that they can track and destroy uh the protomolecules before they land on mars because even one landing on mars means ostensibly the planets the planet's fucked there's no coming back from this just one landing on there so they got to destroy them all before they get there so someone's got to go and get his transponder so that they can turn it back on so that they can track the protomolecule soldiers in orbit or not in orbit but in 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 transit through space and of course who else but holden is going to be the one to do this but to be fair his reasoning is like really sound so he's like he's like bobby needs to protect uh prax and amos while they go down to io and get may so amos has to go because you know he's he's the he's the muscle he's the 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 bodyguard basically he's the as he says he's the last man standing he's there to protect prax and bobby's going because she's protecting amos and prax because she's got the armor so she can she's got she can handle a lot more than they can and prax is going because uh it it would be a lot better for his daughter if he's the one that's there as well when if they find her uh so that's kind of covered naomi's got to be there to help assist them travel through the um or at least at, at the moment they think that naomi's the one that needs to be there so they can assist them and through navigating the the um uh the facility that ends up being not necessary at all uh but still they don't know that at the time officer has got you know political things she's got to deal with alex has to drive a ship so and obviously none of no, none of the mars or un people are going to do it so all that leaves is holden and like he said only two people survived aero station and i'm the only one that's left so obviously it has to be me 
That's right. So Holden's got to go take care of that while Prax, uh, Bobby, and uh, Amos go rescue or find May, whatever, whatever it ends up being. I'm really dancing around it right now, even though I really don't need to. Um, so then, so then we have Holden going into the Agatha King and dealing with that situation. And it's, it's, it's once again, you know, like I said, we, we established the, the problem and it's solved within a chapter, which once again, not saying that as criticism, it's just the pacing of this final bit, but there's so much going on that once again, it just, it just makes sense that you got to kind of, you know, like I said, set them up, knock them down. So he goes onto the ship, finds a dude that was hiding in a locker, which is very funny because, you know, when's the last time you heard of someone in hiding in a locker while a protomolecule outbreak happened on a ship, right? History rhyming. Yeah, you know, it's like poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that engineer whose name I have forgotten, it was like Lucas or it's something with an L. I, I don't know. Uh, I think he's the funniest character that James Corey has ever written. The the the, the if if we the, we can make him work the book, uh, I lost what what was it? It was like he's a funnier character than we've ever had before. If we can make Jar Jar work, the whole movie works. Is that, it wasn't quite that. It was something like that. We always go back to oh, George. Well. Like somehow we always find our way back to George. One of uh, one of the greatest and most confusing and confounding uh, savants of American culture. Yeah. But yeah, he finds this dude who was hiding in a locker, and uh, he takes him along with him because he's like, hey, take me to the CIC. And the dude's like, yeah, sure, let's go. Uh, he, as long, you know, He's like, I'll get you out of here, just take me there first. And he thinks that, that uh, um, Holden's an admiral because he's got admiral override codes, which I find kind of funny. Uh, so as they, as they go there, they get there pretty easily, all things considered. They pass by the, uh, the galley, and it's completely filled with um, with uh, um, uh, vomit zombies, and they are like smarter and stronger than they were on Eros because you know evolution, evolution's a bitch. Uh, but they're able to get the elevator shaft open and make their way up to the CIC, uh, where they find Admiral Wynn, who promptly gets shot directly in the throat by Holden after he's like, you gotta save me, you gotta save me, like, oh, either that or you're not getting shit. And then Holden's like, okay, and just shoots him. And I, I really love the line that, like, in the, on the back, in the back of his brainstem, uh, Commander Miller, or, why do I keep saying Commander Miller? What's wrong with me? Uh, in the back of his brainstem, Detective Miller nodded in approval. And I just, I thought that was really <laughs> funny. That was funny. So he takes him out, really quickly really easily not a problem whatsoever he gets his he gets his hand terminal and the transponders are turned back on so yay that problem is solved however the poor engineer guy his suit was ripped while he was trying to open the elevator and he got some vomit zombie goo on him so he's he's a dead man walking and somebody has to stay behind and press the uh the scuttle button to detonate the ship there's no countdown timer because what's the point of a countdown timer if the enemies can come and defuse it anyways so someone has to stay and push the button and go down with the ship. And the dude's like, I'm a dead man anyways, uh, so I'll do it. You just get out of here. So Holden makes it back to... He uses the Razorback to get here, by the way. It's not really super important, but I just wanted to just point that out. Uh, he makes it back to the Razorback with only a little bit of radiation poisoning, maybe. Or maybe not, I don't know. Just a little bit of radiation, that's all. Well, uh, that's something and that's something we, we also need to track because it mentions... Um, 
Naomi, when she's when she's voicing her concerns about this plan in general, she's like, "Okay, dude, but seriously, you can't keep irradiating yourself. Eventually, something bad is going to happen." Um. So it's just so that's something that we should uh, like keep an eye on. I bet maybe not Abaddon's Gate, but maybe like a subsequent book. It's gonna. It, I think it's eventually gonna pop up there. It, it very well could. Um. So yeah, he gets he gets a little more radiation, but not enough to really mention any more than just saying yeah he got a little more radiation. So that problem solved, he makes it back to the Rosinante relatively unscathed after just kind of going on a uh, a, a jog with weights on him ostensibly uh, to to solve the problems. So yay, that plot point's wrapped up. Um, so now we've got uh, Bobby Meng and. Uh, and uh, Amos down on Io, and Bobby's going down there, basically expecting to fight one of the uh, the um, uh, the soldiers. And uh, she got her suit back in working order. And um, the Martians, after they they took out the UN fleet and met up with the Rosinante and all that, they restocked the Rosinante and also um, Holden asked for something for uh for bobby which we learn later on is um a machine gun for her and incendiary ammo for it that'll help against the uh the protomolecule soldiers so she's got that and so she's expecting to fight one and die in the process but she's also been studying the the film from the uh the first chapter the first battle so that she can see like any possible weaknesses and, she's uh, a real gym rat. She gets in there. She's watching film. She's doing. She's practicing. She's working really hard. Um, a real, a real. Know, she's got that deceptive athleticism. Yeah, she's a real lunch pail kind of gal. You know, first in, last out. <laughs> not going to. Uh, not going to put up any flashy numbers, but uh, you know, this kind of person you want on your team. So they make it down to the planet. They make it to the, uh, not the planet, rather, it's a moon. Um, so they make it down to the moon and uh, to the station. Uh, and uh, as they're going in to start, like, hunting, Bobby realizes that her comms have gone down, which means that the protomolecule soldier is nearby because that's, you know, a telltale sign of it. So she motions for Prax and Amos to go in without her and shut the door behind them so that she can deal with the protomolecule soldier and uh, she's able to see it d despite it trying to be stealthy and uh, they fight and it goes very good for her because she gets the upper hand until because uh, what what she thinks is that she just has to basically damage it enough until it, the failsafe incendiary bomb blows up inside of it and she gets to that point but because these things keep learning, it basically just rips a chunk of its chest out that has the bomb in it and throws it at her, and that disables her. So now she thinks she's going to die. But then in a really weird twist of fate, the thing is like probing her and trying to get like some goo through her armor so that it can infect her, because I guess it recognizes her, her power and is like, yeah, um, I'd like you to be one of us. That would be pretty rad. But, you know, she's got this, this this giant power armor that's got, I guess, no um, gaps in it. At least not enough to, to make a difference for what it's trying to do. And uh, that gives her enough time to get her arm working enough to where she can just unload the rest of her armor. Or, or, or the, 
So she can unload the rest of her ammo uh, into its face, killing it. So she took out, she got her revenge, kind of. She killed one of the protomolecule soldiers, and yay. Now she's got a bunch of goo on her, though, so she's got to be careful. So that's ostensibly her plot line, her little plot point here wrapped up. So now Prax and, uh, and Amos, they are uh, going through, just running past scientists and receptionists and other people that are just like, oh, my God, and just, like, running away from them. Uh, we have Martians stationed outside ready to, to catch anybody that uh, that runs out so they don't got to worry about watching their back or anything. Eventually, they hear Strickland and the woman arguing, uh, the woman from the beginning of the book that took me. And so they walk in, and I, I love how Amos just kind of, like, doesn't, like, give, like, any shits. He just kind of walks in and interrupts their conversation like, hey, uh, what you guys talking about? And It was it was something very funny. Like, um, there were, they were, like, Strickland, or the, the artist formerly known as Strickland, was, like, yeah what, what, what if what if the intruders breached the base what if they are here and then she says something and then amos comes around the corner and is like yeah what if you know yeah it was it was it was a really it was a really nice moment for him yeah it's like oh that'd be a real problem for you wouldn't it huh <laughs> but um yeah so Strickland immediately shoots the woman right in the face and then he just pulls this bullshit where he's like oh thank god I've been a victim I've been good this whole time I, I did everything in my power to protect the kids uh, I installed them I boy they, they really I'm just as much a victim as the kids uh, but thankfully uh, Amos doesn't buy that for a second but we see May is indeed alive and okay and he's like, oh, I kept her alive, but she was supposed to be in the second batch, but I, I, I took her off. I took all the kids off of it. And Amos is like, yeah, you did that because of Holden's video package. He's like, no, 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 no. I did it because I'm a good guy. And, and then Amos blows his head off with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, uh, the, the auto shotgun is, is, uh, it's a really cool weapon. It's, it's had some really cool moments in this book yeah so that's that problem solved <laughs> which is nice <laughs> not a lot of prisoners being taken in this book no not at all so they got May um, everyone's basically dealt with more or less so let's get out of here so they leave and that's that's our main conflict basically wrapped like that that that's really it like everybody survived um may's alive uh everything officer rolla basically won for for what it's worth she basically won um so now it's now we have our our, our falling action here for the rest of the book where uh basically officer rolla gets aaron wright's job and now she's going to ride with the rosinante back to the moon uh earth's moon i should clarify uh so that she can go back to earth and deal with the uh her new role and all the politics that that entails um so yeah they 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 go to the moon and there they have like this big kind of celebration this feast we kind of just have a, lot, a couple character moments of the ah oh, well, you know we did it woo um, we get... Yeah, and the, some things that set up the, the next book as well. I think we 
they explain a little bit of Officer Rollo's role. I think she essentially becomes... Is she like... The thing is, it's kind of... It's still a little nebulous what she exactly does. Is she like somehow both like the, the chief diplomat and like... Like lead ambassador slash uh, foreign policy executive, essentially. Yeah, she has a lot That's of That's kind of what I got now. from that. Yeah, so yeah, she's got she's got a lot of new uh, new job titles and whatnot. But um, I, I guess something that I should mention, I kind of I kind of jump past this because it kind of like skip through a lot of things. So how they were able to get the um, the UN on their side, besides Officer Alla contacting the the uh, the Sergeant General, or I don't think it's is it Sergeant General? I don't remember. I don't think that's what it was. It may not be. It was something general. I don't know. He's he's like the the basically the leader of the UN. That's all that really matters. Um, like she contacts him for one, but they also get like all the information they have, and she convinces Holden not to just you know pull a Holden and just broadcast it to everybody, but to send it to uh, Souther, um, and that's that's how like that situation. That's how he like joins them with their ships and all that. But um, something the the reason why I'm bringing this up is Holden being Holden. He kind of sneaks some of the. He sneaks that that information to his uh, his mother, one of his mothers, in, on Earth, for her to hold on to just in case something happens to him, and just to, just in case Officer Rolla isn't quite as um, good as she appears to be. So he's got a contingency plan in place there, uh, which understandable if I'm being perfectly honest here. Uh, so just keep that in mind for a second. Uh, so they get they they make it back to the moon to Earth's moon, and uh, everything's all hunky dory. Everybody's happy, having a good time, parties, feasts, yay, woohoo! Uh, however, that's all kind of stopped all of a sudden uh, because Officer Alla gets a um, a message that um, Fred Johnson in a in a in a what is ostensibly a political dick measuring contest has decided to shoot the. Uh, uh, all of the protomolecule soldiers that were... Because they, they turned the transponder back on in order to find the protomolecule soldiers. But their plan was to uh, shoot them as they got closer to Mars. But by closer, they mean like a, about a week of travel time out to where they could, they could take them out very easily, very safely. Without any threat of missing or any threat to, to Mars at all. So that's how they were going to solve that crisis. Um, but Fred Johnson just did it himself he nuked them all in in space the second he was able to just to kind of as a haha look how much power the opa has fools so kind of based though yeah i mean it's fred's fred's still playing the game his own way and we can't forget i, about I, I think generally i think that's it was the correct way better i mean because like think about if, if if they had somehow failed to do that um there is no there is no cost to the OPA essentially, but the fact that they did they get to take credit for the disposal, and also it's just I, I think it's just good practice to just dispose of these potentially civilization slash species ending um, weapons essentially just if you could just get rid of them as soon as possible I I, I kind of think that's the move. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see um, why it, it, it can be taken as a smart move on his part to have done that. Uh, 
But yeah, that's taken care of, uh, but that, that pisses off Officer Rolla because, like I said, that's just kind of him just kind of flexing, being like, yeah, I can do this, what of it? So I will say, and I, I, I am generally, I do like Officer Rolla, but she, that, that is one of her, you know, it's interesting to see, she is uh, a creature of her circumstances, so she is very uh, skeptical of the OPA, naturally. Um, yeah. Which is interesting, despite, because she, she kind of talks about the sort of, like, the colonial past of, of, of her, you know, her ancestors in, in India. But she also she doesn't quite make the link between uh, the way that the uh, the outer outer planets and all the space stations and mining facilities they were under, if not the same, somewhat similar like uh, exploitative um, colonialist control by by the by Earth and or I guess the UN rather and Mars. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that uh, that dynamic resolves as we we move forward. Yeah. But, however, something that happened, and we, we learned this, again, a little later on because of the the lag time between Venus and, and the moon, uh, but the second that Fred did that, it, um, it uh, caused a chain reaction on Venus because we've been told all book that they're linked. Venus is linked. Every time something happens with the protomolecule soldiers... Venus responds instantaneously. No lag time whatsoever. They're synchronized. So something's going on on Venus every time this stuff happens. So something happens, and what, what it does is there are, there are some ships in orbit on Venus still, and as I understand it, this, like, giant thing of, like, tentacles dissipates the, the, the fog around Venus's atmosphere, and whips the ships away just backhands them out of the area let me see if I can find it in the book which I gotta say that's pretty metal I'm trying to find it in the book do you remember where it was roughly um it was I wanna say the last Prax chapter okay here we go I found it um the dark side of Venus pulsed like a sudden planetary flash of lightning under the obscuring clouds, and then it glowed. Vast filaments, thousands of kilometers long like spokes on a wheel, lit white and vanished. The clouds of Venus shifted, disturbed from below. Prax had a powerful memory of seeing a wake on the surface of a water tank when a fish passed close underneath. Vast and glowing, it rose with the cloud cover. Spoke-like strands of iridescence arced with vast lightning storms coming together like the arms of an octopus, but connected to a rigid central node. Once it had climbed out of Venus's thick cloud cover, it launched itself away from the sun, toward the viewing ship but passing it. The other ships in its path were scattered and hurled away. A long plume of displaced Venusian atmosphere caught the sun and glowed like snowflakes and slivers of ice. Prax tried to make sense of the scale. As large as Cerastation, as large as Ganymede, larger... It folded its arms, its tentacles together, accelerating without any visible drive plume. It just swam in the void. His heart was racing, but his body was still as a stone. Yeah. That, that, was, that was pretty metal. Yeah. Basically a giant protomolecule 
tentacle monster, some like real, uh, some real Lovecraftian shit here, just reached out of Venus and just knocked some ships away that were in orbit around it. Yeah, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a real problem. Yeah, <laughs> to put it lightly. And that's 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 honestly kind of how the book ends is like that. Well, like the the main book, we have the epilogue left. But that's basically the end of it, is them seeing that being like, oh, oh no. And it's just, it's just like, uh, it's just like Bobby said uh, earlier in the book. Uh, Mars and, and, and the UN are focusing so much on themselves, but the real issue is Venus. And what better right way to see that firsthand than that? That's the true threat, at least possibly, as we understand it so far. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, because of the whole Miller thing, like how true that's going to be. But all the same, yikes. That's bad. So then we, yeah. have, uh, so then we just have the epilogue, basically. Um, I guess I should say that there is, uh, another, there is a tentative peace, once again, between uh, uh, the UN and Mars. I imagine it's going to go the same way it has in the past. Like, every, they're going the next book. They're probably going to be like on at odds again, and then they're going to come together more or less at the end. Yeah, I feel like that's going to happen. If how how many books are in this series? There are nine. There are nine. There are nine. Yes. Wow, that's three more than I was expecting. Okay, I think it's good. That's going to happen until at least book six. They're going to be coming together and coming apart eventually they're gonna maybe maybe starting around book four or five there's gonna be like a major just total breakdown rupture maybe because they've kind of been like towing this uh line of like open hostilities there may be like an actual shooting war at one point and then something crazy is going to happen and then you're gonna be like okay but like okay now we're gonna have to seriously just stop and and work together on this I, i think that's going to be they're going to continue to kind of tease that plot for a little bit longer yeah you basically just described like a two expansion cycle for world of warcraft since like forever like the horde and alliance <laughs> team up to face the big bad of this expansion but then the next expansion oh no that's the they're at war again oh goodness me oh but you know what it, it was just a big misunderstanding but this dude was really evil so it's fine we're just get rid of him now we're good again this is the horde uh, well, now we're at peace again. But, oh, just in time, look, there's this really big bad guy that we got to take care of. Oh, we took care of him anyways. We're evil again. We just committed literal genocide against one of the the alliance races. Oh, no, it was just because that person was evil. It's fine. We're good again. Look at this big bad we got to take out together. That That's that's quite literally how World of Warcraft's been going for, like, 20 years now. I, I, I think that's going to be... That, that's going to be what, what happens. Like, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, and yet I still play it. I enjoy well, it. If it's you know if, if it's if it's enjoyable enough, it's you can get away with stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all we have left in this now is the epilogue, and it's just holding, watching the the footage of what happened on Venus over and over again, until he is interrupted by Detective Miller, and he's like, "Hey, we gotta talk," and that's the end. And I'm just I'm just I'm just so. Oh man, I'm so excited for Abaddon's Gate, man. Oh, he's back. He's he's back. Uh, I want to know why and how. But I'm so excited. 
Yeah, it's um, it's it's very interesting. Um, they they let me let me consult the book again just real quick. Um, just want to describe Miller as he appears here. Um, Holden turned reluctantly away from the image on the screen. The man stood next to the galley refrigerator as if he had always been there. Rumpled gray suit and dented pork pie hat. A bright blue firefly flew off his cheek, then hung in the air beside him. He waved it away like it was a gnat. His expression was one of discomfort and apology. Hey, Detective Miller said, we gotta talk. I didn't remember the bit about the pork pie hat. That, yeah. that seemed a little bit out of out of place in the distant future. That's that's the hat he wore in Leviathan Wakes. I guess I just didn't remember it. Yeah, he always had that hat on. Huh. I guess I just didn't remember. But like that gave that gave him that gives him a that makes that kind of goes with his theme though in the last book where it was like little like a semi noir kind of feel for the solo Miller chapters especially early on yeah. before he met up with Holden. Yeah, but oh man, I just there, I I have so many questions about about his um his uh, reappearance. Well, I feel like they they didn't quite tease it exactly. Well, maybe like in the most oblique of ways. But uh, do you remember when? Oh, we need to talk about this. Uh, Jules Mao uh, when he was. Um, oh yeah, we forgot about that completely. When he was being uh in, not interrogated but interviewed at the beginning of the book, and um. And uh, Officer Rolla mentions, "Have you been in contact with your daughter?" And uh, um, Mao kind of dodges the question a little bit and says, "Like, how is that possible? My my daughter was on my daughter was on Aero Station." Um, so maybe Officer Rolla knows a little more than she's let on to this point, um, and maybe there's something. Because they're, they're like they've said they've they've detected activity anytime anything rel- related to like proto molecule based combat I guess or some anything related to the proto molecules occurs they they're detecting activity maybe they've detected other kind of activity that um, that I don't know it's just it's just I, I'm I'm very curious about how that all is is playing out um, how how Miller as a distinct entity is is uh, arriving um here I and mean, it's it's uh they, they kind of mention it's similar to how they described uh, julie towards the end of uh leviathan wakes so yeah. i just i wonder if there's like some sort of i don't want to say good proto molecule but i just i just there's something very different about the way that it is it is affected julie and miller Versus how it's affecting like 99.999% of other people it has come in contact with uh, in this series. I, I, I would like to, I'd like to know like what's, what's going on there. You know what scares me? Hmm. I'm worried that they're going to pull a whole like, I'm not actually him. Uh, I just, I, I am, I am the proto molecule that I'm just coming to you in a form that you would be comfortable with. And I, I have his memories, but I'm not him. That is a distinct per, uh, possibility. But I... Here's the thing. I, I'm not going to crack the book back open, but 
you know how it's a, the the face of the look of discomfort and apology yeah i feel like that that represents some sort of like more um that's a more human touch than i think the proto molecule would probably be aware to like let's because let's say the proto molecule under that that auspice there it's kind of like for lack of a better word split into factions and there's like a quote-unquote good protomolecule and a bad protomolecule and the good protomolecule is like hey humans uh there's a real problem here and this is what you can do on, in that circumstance um i still think that it would be alien enough that it would probably not think to like acknowledge the awkwardness of the situation and the the, the potential fear the situation could cause yeah um at least in my opinion so i i I would like to think, you know, not knowing anything further, that this is this is the character of Miller. Um, obviously, he's going to be different in some way, um, but I, I feel like it is the same character. Yeah, I, I hope so. That 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 is that is what I'm really really hoping is going to happen. It's just I know sometimes that happens in stories where characters come back seemingly from the dead, and they're just like, yeah, well, you know, like a, a, mo- a more recent example is. Um, uh, Stephen Lang's character in um, Avatar Two. This is like this is like a minor spoiler for the first like fifteen minutes of the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know he he gets he 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 dies at the end of the first movie, and now he's a not now he's he, now he's an avatar in the second one, and it's like oh mm-hmm. yeah because conveniently it's like oh here here's a video that that he made before he went out and got killed at the end of the first movie and he's like oh yeah hey uh they're making me record this they're taking my dna so that they can just you know upload me into an avatar if need be if something happens to me and it's like yeah they you made ha- me into a dang app yeah basically and they're like yep you got his <laughs> memories but you're not and his experiences but you're technically a different thing entirely you're a new you're a new person but you just have the memories of this dead guy so like you know it it, it happens you know it, it, they do that so they I'm, I'm made me up. into a dang app <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why this is that the, that phrase has popped into my mind it's just but that's pretty much it yeah um well actually no i i forgot we should talk about how what happens to jules uh jules mal i totally forgot to talk about that um so he was responsible for like the UN the UN that was working on the proto molecule monsters uh they were working with Jules Mao so he's you know he was lying to Avicerella when she talked to him earlier when she was like have you talked to your daughter and um she even told him she's like hey if you're if I find out that you're lying to me basically you're gonna regret this and since it, all the all this came out after all this happened he's he's now been arrested because he's now culpable for everything that's happened so yeah and uh avasarala is um going to do like a an interrogation of him and holden's like hey can i come and she's like you were there when the president of protogen got shot in the head by miller absolutely you can be there (laughs) and so 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 holden's there for the interrogation and he actually he actually gets he sees mal first as he's being brought into the area uh into the um the the building by mps and i love how there's like this bit where holden's like basically just kind of playing games with him he's just like he's he's like you know i i, I was there when uh i forgot the dude's name the protogen guy 
It's like, I was there when he was killed, um, and I'm here when you're being taken in, and I just want to know why. Why'd you do this? Like, what, what, why did Was you, it worth it? Yeah, was it worth it? You lost your daughter. You lost everything. Was it worth it? And, uh... It was Dresden, by the way. Dresden. Okay, thank you. So, during... I, I, this is so great, too. This is such a great power move. So, um, when Avicerala gets there, and they're in the interrogation room, uh, Holden's sitting in the back, and he's he's there in an unofficial capacity, so that he, he thinks that the record won't reflect that he was ever there to begin with. And he's sitting there, just kind of in the back in the corner, and the first thing Avicerala does is she starts having a conversation with Holden. Just ask, She's like, hey, you got paid for, for transporting me back to the moon, right? And he's like, yep, we're good. And she's just having just, just a casual conversation with him, and uh, uh, Jules Mao's just like, He's basically like I'm. You you realize I'm right. I'm right here, right? Like I'm 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 right here. Like what what you're ignoring me? Why are you ignoring me? And she's just like, let's get down to brass tacks now. Said I can no. Officer Alla interrupted. You know that that's basically he just gets immediately that sets the tone. He's immediately verbally slapped down. Yeah, and so basically the point of this whole thing is it's just her base. She's she she's just telling him you failed. You lied to me. You didn't help me when I when I told you that uh, all I want is your help. So now I'm going to destroy your legacy, and you're going to watch me do it. And uh, and uh, Holden notices that that is what kind of hit him in the heart. And uh, yeah, he he would have preferred being shot in the head like uh, like Dresden did, because uh, the worst thing that could happen to a man with power and influence is is him losing his legacy. That's the that's the, the the final death, so to say, uh, and Avicerala is making sure that it happens before his physical death, and it's like, man, you know, Don't. this dude deserves to die for the bullshit that he's pulled, but like, I gotta agree with Avicerala here. This is much sweeter. The one thing your whole will have is twenty four hour news, and since you and I will never meet again, I want to make sure my name is on your mind every time I destroy something else you left behind. I am going to erase you. Mao stared back defiantly, but Holden could see he was just a shell. Officerella had known exactly where to hit him, because men like him lived for their legacy. They saw themselves as the architects of the future. What Officerella was promising was worse than death. Yep. I love it. She just completely ruined him. And he so deserves it, man. It's just nice. I one. I will say one of the things that is um, most uh, seemingly most outlandish, even beyond the proto molecule or the space travel. The most outlandish thing to me is like a corporate executive actually being arrested and doing hard time for their crimes. Yeah, that is like unbelievable, but also incredibly cathartic. Well, to be fair, he is responsible for something that that will potentially eliminate humankind as we know it that's true and the one and only rule is don't mess up the money that would really mess up the money so yeah (laughs) maybe less cathartic when i think about it but still it was very nice to see someone like him get get just totally destroyed slapped down and forced to do to actually make some sort of restitution to society yeah which i mean i feel like there's a possibility. I uh, we, we we've said that this may not be what his title is, but I'm just gonna keep saying it anyways. Uh, I I feel like there's a distinct possibility that the sergeant general has been aware of all of this to begin with. It's possible he doesn't. He could just be a figurehead. Um, 
but like the reason why everybody started working with Officer Rala here in the end was because they knew that basically this whole thing was a failure and they all I mean even Aaron Wright he's the one responsible for all of this and he the only punishment he he receives is he's forced to retire that's it and Officer Rala takes yeah. his position they make win the fall guy like, he's the one that was behind everything. He's the one that takes all the responsibility. He's the one that died for it. All this. So it's like, all the people that were truly responsible with it, for this, except for Jules Mao, got away with it. Yeah. That so, might, and that might resurface later. It, yeah. Just like Jules Mao did in this one. So, it, it's, yeah. not, it's not even that it's like, you know, the good guys won. I mean, the good guys technically won. But the only reason why the good guys won is it became now inconvenient for the bad guys to continue being bad in this particular case. That's true. So it's it's almost kind of like a Pyrrhic victory of sorts. Mm, not really. Well, because the bad, good guys didn't lose anything. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's not really a Pyrrhic victory. It, it, it's not really hollow either. It's 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 a bittersweet, maybe the better the better. There we go. Case. It's 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 an incomplete victory, but it is a victory nonetheless. Yeah. So, yeah, forgot to forgot to mention that a little bit. That's a little important. But now I think we've just about rounded out this book. Yeah, the only thing after that part in the book is the the uh the, the, dinner the, party. the ghost, the protomolecule ghost of Miller uh appearing. So, oh, there is one other thing. Do you want to talk about the 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 wrap up to the the Holden Naomi sequence? Yeah, that's right. I I I even said, you know, keep this in your mind with talking about his his mom. Probably should mention this too. Yeah, so Holden's his his parents, all however many of them, are gonna they're gonna come up and meet meet Naomi, despite the fact that they're a little a little racist against Belthers. They're space racist. Yeah, they're they're super space racist. Um, which like the way that he explains it, it is kind of that's sound that's like, not a joke by the way. They're they're like they have a distinct prejudice against people that were uh, born in the like in space. Yeah. Like the, the the belters. But like the way that he 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 explains it, it 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 does it does make them sound like victims of the propaganda machine more so than malicious bigots. So yeah, like I mean I'm willing to That is that is true, but the, the, at the end of the day, I mean there's a lot of people that you could say that about that now that are you know, uh, maybe not bad people otherwise, but they are, they they have somewhat uh, bad views on race or or gender or sexuality or anything like that. There, there. While these ideas may be hegemonic, it is nevertheless within the realm of, I would say, not just possibility, but of responsibility to kind of, you know, work through these culturally ingrained biases yeah but that that's the whole point of holden bringing them to meet naomi is he the reason why is he wants them to see that belters aren't this boogeyman that they that they've been led to believe they are so he's like he's like i want you to come and meet her because i know that you will love her and you and he's thinking you know they'll they'll see that they've not not this i mean they've been lied to for sure but like that their prejudices are unfounded once they once they meet naomi once they get to know her and once they understand sure. that that's the woman that he loves, and they'll see that she's really not any different than them. She's just, she was just born on a different, not on a different planet if she was born on a station, but she was just born in a different part of the solar system. It's, you know, it's no different than, like, 
uh, you know, a, a family uh, in in our in our current society than a family that was just basically made to believe that this particular ethnicity is always bad and always evil. But then one of their child starts dating a member of that ethnicity of that ethnic group, and then when the family meets that person, they realize that their prejudices have been unfounded and they grow as people you know it, it it's it, it happens it really does happen he's essentially going to do guess who's coming to dinner but sci-fi yeah so i i really i really like that about holden he's just he's, he's i'm not i'm not saying that it's it's a bad idea or that or i i'm just saying that generally speaking i think i think i'm not i'm not willing to let them off the hook yet i mean maybe they'll they'll grow learn and grow yeah but like like right now i'm like uh that's that's not cool this is this is more so me me giving a credit to holden rather than a credit to his parents yeah um but yeah uh i i love how he he talks to naomi about it and what he says is my parents are racists that that's that 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 quote quote that's the actual quote he says my parents are or maybe my mom is racist i don't remember which one it is but i think he said parents yeah but i love how that's how he explains it to her he's just like yeah they're they're racists you know that's just kind of it's who they are but hopefully he hopefully they'll see they'll they'll see the reality of the situation and learn to love naomi and by proxy not be racist so I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we won't. It, it, this is the first time they've really kind of become characters in the story directly, and not just him mentioning them offhand. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, I will uh, just just a last little thing to to mention. They've, there there is uh, there's also been as part of my um, my critique that the uh, Holden Naomi relationship might be a little rushed. Um, there is also they're there so not only have they they're, they're back together but they're like talking about like getting married and of course when you are you know talking about getting married you talk about things like having kids um there is it's interesting because naomi seems to be very uh against having kids and um holden seems to want kids and and uh, so that's a fact that his mother actually kind of mentions um in his conversation with her introducing the idea of bringing Naomi to uh to or having them meet Naomi on on the moon because I guess the belters they're like the the high gravity they would need to acclimate they can't just like go straight onto the earth um anyway all that to say I I think that that's uh there may be I don't want to say dark clouds on the horizon because I mean (laughs) this book has shown that these that they're they're pretty much they're pretty much dead set on this pairing, and uh, there there may be flare ups, but I think that's something to. They're ultimately going to be together, um, but all that to say that's that might be something to watch um, in the next book to see if there's like, like a, uh, what the next challenge in the Holden Naomi relationship will be. Yeah. Um, but like one last thing to. Uh, that's important to mention. Uh, so he sent her that video package that uh, Avasarala made to send to uh, Souther to get them, and she was like, "Don't send it out in the open. Don't don't pull a James Holden here. We're doing this the right way." <laughs> um, so 
uh, he's like, oh, hey, also, by the way, that, uh, that thing I sent you, uh, go ahead and keep a hold of it. I might need it in the future. So, uh-oh. Yeah, I guess we will see how that goes. That was, that was, uh, one of the one of the the situations where I'm like, uh, Holden, I don't really know how I feel about this. I feel like he's, you know, his his heart is. They tell us his heart is in the right place, but uh, his judgment is not always the best. I guess we will see how that goes. That does seem to be a uh, a bit of a Chekhov's gun. I guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but. Um... Something's got to give with that eventually, I'm sure. But I guess, yeah, we will see. And with that, um, I think we're good. Is there any? Are there any other little uh, points we need to resolve? I think, but I, I think that's it. Uh, I think that, yeah. I I feel like we've uh, we finally kind of rounded out everything we need to. Yeah. Well, Woo. with that, um, do you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, just kind of getting back to it again. You know, I just, I, this series is great. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's so much fun. It's very, very entertaining. I just, I really love it. It's, it's great. Nine yeah. out of ten. Um, yeah, this, this book, um, I don't really have anything. I think I, I, I went through all of my thoughts uh, at the beginning. And I, after discussing it, there's not really anything new that I've, you know, new, newly synthesized ideas here. But just to kind of reiterate, this was, was good. Uh, great book. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think there was a lot of interesting um, plot and stuff. The, 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 uh, the characters, I think, you know, characters that I didn't like the first go around got a little bit stronger this time um oh i okay here's one i here's one thing there's a little bit more alex um and there was a little bit of a dynamic i don't think we mentioned it but like a like a very well actually we did uh there was the friendly the burgeoning friendly dynamic between alex and bobby i don't know if bobby's going to be in it moving forward as a pov character i could see her definitely coming back as like a like a recurring character kind of situation but uh, I, I'm not convinced she will return as a POV character. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But I, 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 I did enjoy her interactions with, uh, with Alex. Um, you know, it was just nice to, it was nice to see Alex <laughs> being an actual character more beyond like uh, five minutes to, to the evac point boss kind of character. You know. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we get to see a little bit more of him. And maybe maybe of her uh, in subsequent books. Yeah, really great expansion of the pre of the uh, pre existing characters in this. Yeah. Oh, and and uh, you know I mentioned this before. It's great to see uh, Amos kind of transition also from a, a similar but not the same role of like uh, whatever you say, boss. You know, like the the heavy kind of guy to like he is that he still mostly played that role. But he also has like 
you see hints of like his past whereas like like his great um tenderness for for children um I, and i think that's why especially he was he he reacted so um so forcefully and vengefully against uh strickland and it, it, i think it's just like there's there's a lot of there may be some sort of unresolved like uh, issues related to his early life, and I think that's something that um, that uh, that Officer Rolla mentions. Like she she mentions having dossiers pulled for each of these people, and there's like little little tidbits about their past. And uh, I think it was something like he was investigated for like twelve murders or some amount of murders, but never convicted. That kind of so yeah. I think there's there's a little interesting past stuff there. Uh, oh, here's here's the one little last bit while we're thinking about Alex. Um, there was like something like he there's he has a kid out there somewhere, but he doesn't know. Um, Scotty does. So that's kind of interesting. What? Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> He's going to. So I wonder if that might come around at some point. It has um, to. You wouldn't mention that without it being a thing. Yeah, I, I I think I think maybe especially there's going if my my um, theory about uh, the UN and Mars having a hot war scenario maybe the crew has to some of the crew has to separate um, maybe he has to go back to Mars for some reason and maybe he he meets us maybe that's a thing I don't know I guess we will see I don't remember if this was ever brought up in Leviathan Wakes but it's mentioned in this book because of the conversation that amos and um uh holden have about the possibility of uh bobby and alex getting together uh we learned that alex is in his like early to mid 50s yeah that's something that kind of caught me off guard yeah i thought he would i would have guessed like you know 30s at the oldest i thought they were all in their 30s essentially that's that's the vibe i got yeah me too so he's much older than I thought. I think after having read this book, if I had to guess, I would say, um, you know, Alex, obviously they mentioned is in his early to mid fifties. Um, Amos, I'm going to guess is probably a little older than the rest, like late thirties, early forties. And Holden and Naomi are like in the like 31 to 34 range somewhere in there. Yeah, I would have guessed Amos was the oldest by far, but it's possible that's not the case. I mean, they obviously in this world, people seem to be more long-lived than they are currently. So, I don't know if like 60 is more like 40, but nevertheless, that's that's the vibe I get. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Using... she's like, she's pretty old. Like, at least, I would guess at least 70s. And she does make a comment saying that her doctor said she's got at least 30 years left. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I think they're a little bit more... And she's a lot... She's a little bit more with it than most um, politicians that are in their 70s and, and 80s that we see in oh, the current sure. time. So maybe there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. But anyway, with that, I think that that wraps up all the stuff I want to talk about for this book. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I'm very glad that I decided, you know, when we were talking about this, I was I, I was thinking about it, and, and I would never really considered vetoing it. Um, but I was always, I was 
when when you mentioned that, I was like, hmm, do I really want to do this? And then I, you know, I thought about. It. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot, uh, and I am very very glad I did. Um, very excited to see where we end up in Abaddon's Gate. Yep, me too. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to another episode of the Sad Boys Book Club. Uh, we will see you next time with a new book. Yep. Take care.